Welcome back to the All Up In Your Business podcast. I am not Jay Sokol, uh, but his legacy lives on. This is uh, this podcast now is all ED all the time. Uh, I am Brian Piszczacic, Economic Development Manager, and I'm joined today by our Chief Development Officer, Natalie Ruiz. Natalie, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So I want to take you all through a little bit. This is uh, when we're recording. This is February 2023. We're excited about what's to come for this year. I think we've got a lot of really interesting topics, exciting things to talk about over the calendar year. This first, we want to preview kind of coming out of the Economic Outlook Conference that was held in January. The theme of this podcast is just kind of a trends in economic development. So looking at the evolution of local, regional, national trends for markets and retail sales, kind of what are those key elements? Um, later, we're going to be joined by Aaron Farmer of the of the um, real retail coach, uh, somebody that we've worked with for several years now, um, to provide some insight regarding those key trends in development and kind of what he's seeing locally as well. But first, want to talk specifically about what's going on in the city of College Station. Uh, you presented to the BCS Chamber of Commerce uh, Economic Outlook Conference back in January. Um, that was, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Glenn and his team do a great job with the chamber, do a lot of really cool ribbon cuttings and after hours events. But to me, this is kind of their, their signature event. It brings everybody in, hundreds of folks that are there, uh, really great Rolodex to pull from. What, what were your kind of takeaways from being part of that? No, I, I agree. Glenn and his team do a great job. I think this year was the largest one that we've had with over 600 attendees. Um, you're right. It brings in both cities, the county, Texas A&M brings in other economists kind of looking at uh, what you said earlier, right? National trends, how that impacts Texas, and then how it impacts us locally, kind of tying all that together. I think you're right, it's their signature event for sure. Yeah, it's not every day you get, uh, we had somebody from from AM come and speak, I think it was Dr. Luis Rivera, who talked a lot about the war in Ukraine and its effect uh, all the way trickle on down. So it's, uh, you know, those those insights, I think that you gather from that, it's just, it's just Wow, it's pretty impactful. Never know what you're going to learn at That's one of right. those things, for sure. So I know so much of that was kind of a recap of 2022, uh, kind of hitting the highlights uh, collectively, whether it's, it's the county or the cities or, or A&M, and uh, kind of a look at where we've been and then where we're going to go in, in 23. So I, as far as I'm concerned, kind of the base level of economic development, it's you're trying to grow the tax base, you're trying to diverse the, uh, diversify the economy. Um, kind of those, those key kind of city stats that you were able to sort of pull out and profile? What, what are your primary takeaways, whether it's sales tax generation or it's it's maybe uh, city population stats? What are those things that you felt like you could really deliver home? Right. Well, I, I, I think it's all of it, right? You know, it all, it all starts with population. When you look at our population and just in College Station, we're at 125,000. We, we finally hit that mark. We have seen over the last 10 years just under 30% increase in, in population, which has a huge impact you know, on our economy locally. We also saw huge investments in construction value, uh, permitting, whether it's residential, commercial, new, remodel, um, just under 600 million. And when you compare that to just two years ago, it was about 350 million. Um, so almost double in, in the last two years, we've seen a lot of investment on the residential side, whether it's uh, anywhere from a single family home all the way up to a high rise in Northgate, where we're seeing those major investments come through. And what's important about that is that 600 million, you hope, converts to taxable value on the ground and grows our, our, our value as, as a community. Mm -hmm. um, I think some of the other important elements were for the first time in our history, uh, we saw private sector jobs outpace public sector. 
you know, being the home of Texas A&M University, we have a very large public sector employment base. And one of our goals in our strategic plan was to really duplicate those jobs on the private sector, bringing new corporations in, bringing in new talent. And this is the first year in our history that, that we've been able to find that we've actually surpassed that number of jobs in the public sector. Now, a lot of that came from uh, in the professional fields with our biotech industry growing, whether it's Fuji, uh, Matica, or Zoetis that, that are new companies to town. Just in College Station proper, we, we added 970 new jobs last year. A lot of that coming from the Fuji films, that biotech industry, higher paying jobs that really make an impact here, here locally. Um, what else did I miss as part of that? No, that's great. And to me, the big takeaway is, so I love that stat, the, the public versus private, because I do think you see it's, I mean, we're, we're a college town. Um, there's there's no doubt about that, but that 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 added diversification is really significant. And to me, the, the primary takeaway from that is is the accelerated growth, you know, public versus private. Like we have finally, again, as you, as you, as you mentioned, kind of passed that threshold. But to me, the, the takeaway is if you look Kind of the 10 years previous to the to the last 10 years the growth was was negligible it was probably a couple of percentage points and we were still you know majority majority public uh minority private but what was really significant from like 2012 to, to 2022 there was a really accelerated timeline where you know, it, you know five percentage points to where it, where it flipped so something i think that we like to like to tout and something to definitely keep in mind moving forward in terms of that that acceleration and what whether we'll continue to see that over the next several years well and i think it's important too that when you do have um really large corporations here around the globe that are that have a presence here locally when there is a, a new like the fuji example when there is a new product coming um it's a huge expansion right they they just broke ground on a $300 million expansion that will add 80 new jobs at, no, I'm sorry, 150 jobs mm -hmm. at about 85,000 a year um, annual salary. Mm -hmm. So those are huge increases here here locally and really help balance out that public private sector. Yeah, and what's great is that, you know, as those, as you're, you're growing the job base, those people obviously need a place to live and that leads to rooftops, you've got you know, new uh, neighborhoods coming online. And that really leads us into the next topic is that, you know, because I, I know the focus and trends is really looking at kind of retail development. And I want to spend a little bit of time talking about South College Station, because again, you've got you've got these new jobs, you've got these new opportunities, you've got people coming in, they need a place to live, um, you know, for the for the neighborhoods that are, are expanding in South College Station, that then leads to additional retail development, uh, because that demand is is skyrocketing in that area. Right. When in Traditionally, when you look in the economic development world, retail follows rooftops, right? And so we've seen a ton of single family development south of town. And we've started to see commercial follow that. Um, definitely want folks that, that are working here and living here to shop here as well, because it makes a huge impact on, um, on our community as a whole in terms of our sales tax really funds a lot of those base level services. Mm -hmm. um, something that we've seen too, and really twofold, one, we've seen more franchised uh, restaurants and retailers come here, so we're on that national radar when it comes to new locations. But something interesting that I've that, that you and I have talked about recently was the restaurant scene. We've also seen 1860 Italia, we've seen um, RX Pizza, Marfa's Texas Kitchen, all locally owned, very unique to College Station. So it's not just the franchises that are coming here it's 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 a wide range of folks that are that are coming to college station yeah and you're hitting on um specific 
geographic areas. So you're talking uh, Capar Crossing, Tower Point, Midtown. I want to spend a little time talking about those those developments, sort of what they mean for the areas around from a from a quality of life standpoint. So so Midtown, you've, we have this this city center component that's a public private partnership um, that is is kind of a true live work play opportunity. Um, lots of connected connected green spaces. Uh, just south of that is Midtown Business Park that obviously we're, we're primarily focused on from an industry standpoint. You've got the, the um, Texas Independence Ballpark that's coming from Midtown overall. So let's look at Midtown Business Park. You've got this commercial corridor that's right along the front. Um, I know that was years in the making. Yeah, the city acquired it, you know, probably a couple decades ago, I believe. Um, but there was a real effort, um, at least recently, to preserve that what, what we've designated as Subdistrict A, which is basically that piece of property that's on Highway 6 frontage up to Midtown Drive, kind of preserving that as as a commercial corridor. Can you talk about kind of the process behind that and what that's maybe manifested in now? Right, so when, when we started looking at the commercial development here in College Station back in 14 and 15, started looking at restarting our economic development program and what does that mean, right? So we looked at, do we have enough space for new commercial? Because we were going out and doing recruitment and Aaron can confirm some of this a little bit later with Retail Coach. We were going out and drumming up interest for retailers to come here, but we didn't have locations for them. Um, the Tower Point was just uh, getting under construction. The uh, area along Highway 6, while you drive up and down it and you think there's a ton of property there, there's really not in terms of property that has utilities that's, that's readily available for development. So we took a look at that Midtown master plan and the adjacent property owner that you talked about, James Murr, for Midtown uh, City Center, he has some commercial built into his development as well. We really looked at that more vehicular-oriented commercial on Highway 6. And we, we worked on getting utilities there, we worked on getting Midtown Drive through, and really started heavily recruiting businesses to come there. And, and our first success was Costco. We started having conversations with Costco back in 15, was the first time that was a virtually a cold call um, that, we, that we met with them and, and started working through that. But being able to land those regional retailers and, and develop commercial in College Station was really important to our overall economy and that, that entire area. Up to that point, when we would meet with retailers, everybody wanted to be at Texas and University Drive. That's the, that's the busiest intersection from here to Houston. Mm -hmm. That's where everybody wanted to be. We had to convince them further south with all the growth that was happening that there was a newer economy that was coming up there, a, a new shopping district, a new shopping area where you wouldn't necessarily have to come into town if you lived further south. In addition to all the homes that are platted out there now, there's a there's an, a, another 3,500 that are planned. So in looking long-term, that's where we see a lot of new commercial development. We, we've seen successes, and I think we'll continue to see that south of town. Yeah, and what's really interesting is, so you've got that 57 acres of commercial that was there. And I and I and from what I've gathered, I know we sort of put it out and you know, you've got sort of bites uh, here and there, but ultimately we sold about 18 acres to Costco. They obviously opened in in uh, August of 2022. I know we're gonna dive in a little bit more into some of the stats with, with Aaron coming up, but then we've got this adjacent piece of property um, another 28 acres that is, uh, again, owned by the city. We're currently under a real estate contract with Levcore Development out of Houston. Um, that's that's another 
you know, future opportunity for a regional draw, a regional development that will hopefully serve, I think, the wider area in, t in terms of bringing more people in. Right, right. And, and we found that with Costco being that regional retailer, not just pulling from College Station, but pulling from surrounding communities and bringing folks into our community that maybe wouldn't normally shop here on a regular basis. Yeah, and then kind of jumping across the highway, you know, into into Tower Point. There's, I would say, there's roughly about probably forty thousand square feet of, of commercial development that's that's underway right now. Lots of lots of lease opportunities there. Um, there there's new retail uh, restaurants coming on board to kind of serve that that growing population. Um, so certainly more to come, I think, in South College Station as we grow. Now. Flipping a little bit, you you mentioned earlier about Texas and University and kind of the importance of that particular intersection. Again, it's kind of the primary thoroughfare into A&M coming off of Highway 6. That's core College Station. That's been there for, uh, you know, since since the city's inception. You know, we're, we're talking new development in, in South College Station, focusing more on kind of that that strategic redevelopment opportunities, the, the infill, maybe the second gen backfill space. Um, so I know that we're undergoing a, our, our planning department is carrying out a kind of a, a larger sort of redevelopment plan for the corridor there along Texas Avenue and, and University Drive. What, what does that look like now and what does that look like moving forward? In, in terms of the planning process yeah. and kind of working through that, mm -hmm. um, I think we're looking at, at opportunities, right? Um, most of that development occurred 70s, 80s. We've seen some development. Um, as, as late as 2015 with Century Square and North Point Crossing. Um, I think in, in looking at redevelopment plays in terms of those strategic locations, very, very valuable property that is located there, very desirable property, but is it living up to its full potential? Are there seeds that we can plant as a, as a community that would allow those to redevelop, to redevelop over time? Mm -hmm. um, taking a look at infrastructure, what, what would need to go there to be able to service new restaurants, maybe um, a mix of uses within the same building? What are some things that we would need to do as a community to plant those seeds? And it starts with a plan and working with those property owners, working with those business owners, to, to vision and, and, and really see what that, that could be in the future and then start working in that direction. It doesn't start with just plowing every building down and starting over, it, it, is, it is a slow burn and it's really allowing the market to come in and if the city invests, allowing the market to come in and invest after that as well. Yeah, and I think, I think that is, is illustrated best with the planning and investments that were made in Northgate, right. you know, decades ago. Um, you know, I moved here in 2012, uh, to be frank. I mean, there, there were, you know, some apartment developments and things like that, but I mean, it's, it's unrecognizable, you know, a decade later in terms of even what's going up now, there are multiple, um, high rise buildings, all 10 to 20 stories. What about the, can you talk a little bit about the, the investment that the city made in Northgate and maybe what it, what it was versus what it's become now. And that's to me, again, a great example of strategic redevelopment. Yeah. When um, it's hard for me to talk about Northgate without talking about how old I am because we, when I started here in 90, Northgate was designated as a slum and blighted area that needed reinvestment. And so it was more of a co code enforcement area where our first code enforcement officer was hired to go out and really uh, in, ensure that our codes were being met, that, that buildings were safe and inhabitable. Um, cars weren't parked in the yard and, and, and that kind of thing. And so we started with a very small facade improvement program through our community development block grant. 
and um, that that started to, to move the needle a little bit but I think that initial push was a plan that was done in 2008 that really looked at what are we going to do about us growing as a community and continuing to grow further and further south and how are we going to handle the student population as they continue to grow and it really started as why don't we put students as close to the university as possible so you don't have to bring a car so we did a, a larger plan it started with a charrette with a lot of uh, architects here locally and really envisioning what that area could be now did we ever plan on high rises no but we thought maybe we'll see four and five story buildings but why not lift that and and put the base infrastructure in place so after that visioning process you start installing water and sewer that could support those those mix of uses and a larger residential presence there to what we see today which is the most valuable property in brazos county per square foot is now in northgate yeah that's great and, and obviously you know got got a lot to sell from a again from a redevelopment standpoint and from a again a new development standpoint like in south college station so i think now we'll take just a brief break and bring on aaron farmer with the retail coach and you know he can he can talk about how he gets to sell all these amazing assets that we have welcome back to the all up in your business podcast i'm brian piscocki economic development manager with the city college station i'm joined now by aaron farmer president of the retail coach aaron right. welcome Thanks for thanks for having me. Excited to excited to be here. Never pass up a chance to be in College Station. For sure, appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for being here. So I want to talk a little bit about you know we're going to get into you know how how you sort of find you know you're you're out there doing retail recruitment. You're trying to find locations in College Station. I think that you are the kind of supreme matchmaker. That's kind of what I what I think. You know you're you're able to kind of find what businesses are looking and kind of match those, you know, working with us, we can figure out what assets are available, whether it's new space or, or existing space that's trying to be backfilled. Um, first of all, how did you kind of get into this business? What is Retail Coach? What do you do kind of day to day? Yeah, well, you're right. We're in the matchmaking business. So we're here to match retailers with cities and, and vice versa. And, you know, to start, I graduated from A&M. So uh, I was thinking about that on the, on the way in this morning. It's 15 years. So graduated about oh, really 16 years ago and I've been with the retail coach for about 15 years. So uh, went to Mays Business School uh, with a marketing background and then got into market research and um, helping retailers, restaurants figure out where to open locations. And since then have been, like I said, with the retail coach for 15 years, um, working with cities all over the country. Uh, I, I love Texas. So Texas is my home base. I think we've been working with College Station now. Uh, going on eight years. So I've had a chance to see some of these changes happen here in College Station, but that's that's really my background. So what does a day in the life of Aaron Farmer look like? I assume it's a lot of phone calls and emails. It is. I, I, I talk all the time about, you know, retail real estate, this business, it's, it's not necessarily all about what you know, but it's also who you know. And, and that's what I try to do and have for the over the last couple of years and is really build on relationships. So in order to have relationships, you've got to be on a lot of phone calls. You've got to be talking to retailers, brokers, developers. You've, you've got to know all about them, what they're looking for, um, those things. So an average day for me, uh, a lot of times I'm on the road. So if it's meeting with a retailer in their office, a developer in their office, or it's meeting with the community uh, like I'm here today, it's, it's a lot of on the road, um, a lot of conversations about the best sites, talk a lot about real estate. Um, so that's 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 really the day, uh, you know, a day in the life. Every every day is different, you mm -hmm. know. 
Uh, some of the real estate deals are easy to happen and some of the, some of the ones you think are gonna be the easiest or the hardest. So um, a lot of time spent looking at sites um, in, in communities and, and really trying to figure out retail deals. So Natalie and I talked about uh, kind of 2022 leading into 23, kind of talking about, you know, those assets that we have uh, from a let's we are obviously specific on college station. Let's zoom out a little bit and kind of talk national trends. So kind of coming out of the pandemic again, I feel like everything we heard was staffing, supply chain issues. Um, those those things are obviously big issues, but I feel like, you know, more of the conversation now is kind of focused on inflation in particular, um, you know, the rise of interest rates. What, how, what, what are you seeing from a kind of a national perspective? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, the retail industry was kind of thrown for uh, thrown for a loop in, in when, when COVID happened. So I, I think back to February 2019 or 2020 when, when COVID happened, uh, really within those 90 days from, let's say, February 2020 to, to May 2020, the retail the retail industry, we had to vault forward um, about 10 years, uh, whether that was, you know, uh, technology adoption, whether that was new uh, retail concepts, new trends, um, we were forced to, to make changes in the retail industry. So really COVID kind of turned the world up, the, the retail world upside down. But but I'll tell you, it's been for the better. Honestly, mm -hmm. we, we've seen um, some new trends come out of the retail industry um, that are going to stick with us for a long time. You know, some of the things that that we look at, you know, the, the curbside pickup. If you've been anywhere in College Station recently, you'll notice there's curbside pickup at almost every retailer, almost every restaurant. Some of those trends I think are gonna stick with us, but you know, the caution still prevails. You know, even though the retail world looks pretty good right now, um, there's still retailers out there that are, that, are, that are worried. There's still restaurants that are out there worried about what's the next five years gonna look like. So these retailers, these restaurants are having to pay um, even, even more attention to, to markets that maybe they haven't looked at in the past. Um, they've had to become even more um, scientific with their research. You know, where are we gonna locate stores? But for the most part, I think it's for the better. Um, we're seeing a lot of changes, a lot of trends, but the retail industry is, is definitely headed in the right direction. I think you've seen this kind of push and pull between your traditional brick and mortar and then e-commerce and obviously e-commerce has has continued to grow i think maybe it was 2022 was it last year or year before you know they finally hit like their first billion dollar e-commerce year right but you're still seeing a presence of brick and mortar being important and in particular there's these direct to consumer brands that are now going sort of omni-channel right they're they're online but then they're also now sort of uh sort of having these these this growth of actual brick and mortar stores that you can walk into. Yeah, you know, there were talk for years about the retail apocalypse. So mm -hmm. Natalie, you, you probably will, Natalie would probably remember this, but 2008, 2009, we were all, you know, uh, worried about the retail apocalypse. That's when the last downturn happened. You know, the, the worry was, is retail, is brick and mortar retail going away? Well, it, it didn't go away. Um, it just changed. And, and that's really what we're going through right now is, is the retail industry is just evolving, right? Um, so brick and mortar retail is always going to be a need and is always going to be a necessity. Um, but these retailers are realizing that they really have to have an omni-channel presence. So it can't just be brick and mortar retail. It can't just be an online presence. You really have to merge the two together. So mm -hmm. the, the retailers that have done a really good job at that, you look at the Targets, you look at the Costco's, uh, you even look at some of your smaller businesses in town, they're realizing, hey, we've got to evolve. We've got to have that omni-channel presence. And I think we're going to see that, um, you know, stick around for, for a long time. 
Um, I think um, we're seeing that with um, those native uh, online native brands. So you you know you, you look at the Bonobos, you look at uh, Warby Parker. That mm -hmm. forever they were only an online brand. They now have brick and mortar stores. So I think we're going to continue to see that um, more of these online native brands becoming you know having brick and mortar stores. Uh, but they're just realizing if you're going to be a successful retailer, successful restaurant out there, you can't just have a brick and mortar location. You've got to have that online presence as well. Yeah. So specifically to those direct to consumer brands, so you mentioned Warby Parker, or I'm thinking like a like a Chubby's or a Mizzen Maine or some of these others yeah. you're starting to see in like the Houston area sort of pop up. Like how. It obviously is critical for them to have this this physical presence of a store that you can actually walk into, and how much they leverage that, I think, online. Yeah, it, you have to. Yeah. Uh, you know, consumers today, even though you can go out and buy something online in in two minutes and have it shipped to your house tomorrow, a lot of us want to see it in person. A lot of us want to feel it, see what we're buying before we before we purchase it. So I think we're going to continue to see more of those online, traditionally online only brands mm -hmm. moving into brick and mortar retail. Yeah. So, so what are you seeing? Okay, we'll, we'll zoom in a little bit and kind of talk about College Station. I think there's some applicability probably nationwide, but from a, from a leasing perspective, okay, you've gone through this pandemic. Um, again, rise of interest rates, inflation. Um, what, what, do you, what are you seeing um, in your conversations with brokers and developers? Sure. Well, here in College Station, existing space is, um, you know, it's, it's priority. Um, you know, it's easier for these retailers and restaurants uh, to go into an existing space because of the construction costs, the new construction costs that we've seen with inflation and everything going on in the world. So there is, um, there, there's a high priority put on existing space. We've seen the lease rates in College Station go up tremendously. You know, I was just looking at some of the, the, the rental rates that, that these brokers or these, these shopping centers are able to get along University, along Texas, and even into South College Station. And, and they're numbers that we would never have thought could be attained here, you know, if we would have looked at them 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So there's, there's a very high demand right now for existing space. Uh, you can see that, look at Total Wine. So Total Wine and more, they, they opened up in Texas Avenue Crossing not too long ago. Total Wine's been interested in College Station for years, but they just couldn't find that right existing space. Uh, well, it opened up with the with World Market leaving the market, re really leaving retail altogether. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw Total Wine come in and, and buy existing space or, or go into existing space here. Same thing with the old Red Lobster building, right? So the 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 second oldest Red Lobster building, I guess, in in, in College Station, uh, right there on. Um, on University on, Drive. Right there on University yeah. Drive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that space is being taken up by uh, uh, Trudy's. It's a Mexican restaurant out mm -hmm. of the Hill Country. Yeah. Really great. We worked with their broker and, you know, they, they could have purchased land and, and, and built, but they figured for them and, and they looked at the numbers, it was easier for them to, to move into something existing. Just made more fiscal sense for them. So sure. I think there's going to continue to be a high demand. Uh, for ex existing space in, in College Station. Another example would be um, the, the old Albertsons on University, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Levcor is doing a development there. We can't, can't say who the tenants are yet, but really exciting tenants going to be taking over uh, that, that old Albertsons building on University. So I think there's a high demand for existing space, but at the same time, there's demand for, for, vacant, uh, for vacant land as well. Um, and I think we're gonna con continue to see the high demand here in College Station really for years to come yeah and again pulling back so and i know that there are are 
certain challenges, right? We can't ignore sort of what's going on in the in the larger world. And you mentioned earlier that there are some, you know, kind of traditional brick and mortar that are concerned and maybe not expanding, but there are some businesses that, that are expanding right now. What are you seeing there? Yeah, to, to be honest with you, I think there's more retailers expanding than not. Uh, but that being said, caution prevails. So mm-hmm. everybody's seen what happened with, with COVID and basically the world going down, going on lockdown for a while. Um, there's, there's a lot of retailers, a lot of restaurants that are expanding, but they're just being extra cautious. So we're having to work that much harder to sell College Station to them. So, you know, what's happening right now in this world is, is basically a retailer or a restaurant will say, we're gonna open 20 locations in the state of Texas. Well, what we have to do as, as representatives, of, representatives of College Station is we have to make sure College Station's at the top of that list so that if they open 20 locations, we make that cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's still gonna be caution going forward. I mean, it was just recently announced Bed Bath & Beyond was closing stores uh, across the state, across the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest with you, we've known about that. I, I'm surprised Bed Bath & Beyond has lasted as long as it has. Um, so there weren't any really surprises there. I mean, same thing with Sears going out you know, JCPenney's closing stores. These are things that we've known about for years. And, and really the, the, the pandemic was kind of the, the, the final nail in the coffin for a lot of those. Uh, but I think really from a, from a retail perspective, I, I think we're gonna continue to see a lot of expansion. Um, you know, it, it's tough for some of these retailers and, and restaurants to, to do new locations with interest rates the way they are. However, I've had some conversations with developers and, and really retailers recently that said they're cash heavy. So they've been saving up cash for these times. So mm-hmm. instead of maybe um, financing a, a deal, maybe they'll do it in cash. So I think that's going to be. Um, I, I think we're. I think we're set up for the next couple of years of some some strong retail and res- restaurant growth, you know, across the state, but really here in College Station as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and specifically about College Station, uh, at College Town, you know, it's sort of unique. Uh, I think in that with the just the significant presence of students that we have. You know, a lot of times these retailers are looking for just certain demographics, certain numbers where it's like you've got to hit, you know, it's got to be a household income within a certain radius or something like that. And the thing that's that's can be a challenge from an economic development standpoint is kind of tell, helping tell that story because you've got so many students that, you know, they've got zero dollars in income, but it's probably not reflective of the discretionary income they actually have. That's a great point. Uh, College Station is not your average market, right? So you, and we tell this to to site selectors all the time, you can't just drop your five mile radius models down on College Station. That that doesn't tell the whole story. So what we have to convince these retailers, these site selectors, developers is you've got to, you've got to get a little bit unique here in the way you, you study the consumer here. So College Station, so College Station serves a market of almost 400,000 people. So the retail trade area where we pull consumers from is 400,000 yeah. um, on a regular basis. Now that's not even talking about the consumers that are coming here. Uh, maybe they're they're in town for an AM football game or basketball game or, or some other event. But 400,000 people is how many is what we serve on a regular basis. That also doesn't account for the 80,000 plus students you have here. And, and I'll tell you, our students here at AM and Blinn are maybe not your average students, right? So they've got disposable incomes. Uh, you know, I, just as I was driving in today, I was noticing college students driving some really nice cars. Mm-hmm. So with that comes disposable incomes, whether, it, whether they have jobs, college students working to make money, or maybe they've got mom and dad helping out, there's disposable income out here 
that, um, you know, the retailers see that. So mm -hmm. you're starting to see it with Costco coming in. You know, Natalie mentioned it was 2015 when we first met with Costco at a, at a real estate convention. And, you know, it took them eight years, but they're here now. Mm -hmm. and, and that was the main thing back then was th they tried to drop their, their normal computer model on College Station and it didn't tell that story. So yeah. it took a few years, mm -hmm. but finally they're here because they realized, hey, there's, there's money to be made here from a retail perspective. Yeah, and you mentioned the retail trade area, you know, in excess of 400,000 people. And what's interesting about Costco in particular is that its presence as a destination retailer. Absolutely. It's it's got a true regional approach. What what makes that uh, destination retailer unique in a market like College Station? You know, that's a that's a great question. I mean, uh, that's been at the top of the list of, of residents at College Station for years, Costco. You know, we want Costco or something similar to it. And, mm -hmm. you know, we were excited when they announced they were coming. Uh, opened, I think it was August of 2022, they opened. Well, since August of 22 until today, there's been 205,000 unique consumers that have walked into to Costco. That's, that's a regional draw, right mm -hmm. there, 205,000 unique. What's interesting with that, and, and as we track consumers, only 45% of the, the, the Costco consumers here in College Station come from College Station or Bryant. So there's 55% of, uh, of other consumers that are coming from outside, you know, whether that's you know, halfway to Waco, halfway to Houston, uh, and other directions. We're pulling people in from a long distance to shop here. Mm -hmm. So being able to land those regional retailers and restaurants um, is key because that helps expand the trade area, that helps keep people here uh, shopping in, in College Station as much as possible. What's interesting about Costco, though, is we've seen some carryover. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, the numbers correlate, the numbers show us that consumers that are shopping at Costco, now they're frequenting uh, restaurants in South College Station. So mm -hmm. you look at walk-ons, you look at Gringo's, some of the other great restaurants in College Station, those people are sticking around. They're, they're coming, they're, they're, they're filling their ice chest at Costco, and then they're going to eat at Gringo's, or they're going to eat at walk-ons. And hey, after that, why don't we go see a movie? Mm -hmm. So we're starting to see this, this regional effect where uh, College Station is becoming that that regional destination for retail for restaurants and and we're seeing that. Just look at the sales tax numbers. You know, look at the retail sales for College Station. The numbers are up. They continue to trend up. And uh, again, I think that's going to be something that sticks with us for a while. Yeah, and that's really significant. Those kind of those downstream effects of people coming to Costco and then and you know to play a little geography here. We've we've talked about the 28 acres that's adjacent to the Costco site. That's future commercial development across Highway Six. You've got Tower Point and then Capra Crossing. Uh, future development opportunity as well in the southeast corner with the the six and forty and future commercial development there too. Um, what what sort of makes that area unique is what I, what I had heard you know or kind of the what I would say is kind of the traditional perspective is these retailers want to be close to campus. Yeah. They're looking they want to be as close to Texas and University as they can. Um, how how are you selling kind of South College Station as as the kind of the new opportunity and it's you know really it's not too far from from campus. Yeah, you know for the longest time retailers and restaurants would not even look in South College Station. So again, they'd say it's too far from campus. We won't take a look out there. But as Natalie mentioned, retail does follow rooftops. Mm -hmm. um, as we've seen those rooftops come up in South College Station and, and really the entire region, we're starting to see more of that. Uh, college students, you know, even Costco when they were looking at, at where they were going to locate, they were they wanted to make sure they were close enough to the college student to be able to get that, that primary College Station resident, mm -hmm. College Station Bryan resident, uh, but also the college student. So we're starting to see that, you know, just look at Costco. I don't, I don't have the numbers with me here, but a lot of the, the consumers at Costco are college students. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to see that, that 
that retail market move further south? You mentioned some of the developments coming up with, with obviously Tower Point is doing well, Caprock Crossing with some new projects coming online there. But even that, that southeast corner uh, where you have um, you know, the, the, the acreage there right at the corner, mm -hmm. uh, we're already starting to see quite a few good tenants, retailers and restaurants looking at that site. So I think we're just gonna continue to see some growth and um, you know, we're gonna see more retailers and restaurants looking that way. Um, I've heard that the restaurants in South College Station do really well. Uh, it seems like they're busy every time I drive by. So mm -hmm. I think um, I, I think the retailers, I think the restaurants are, are catching on to that and we're gonna see some more interest in South College Station. Yeah, and we're talking greenfield development. A lot of it's just kind of building straight up from the ground. Compared to, again, kind of pulling back to my conversation with, with Natalie earlier about this sure. kind of strategic redevelopment and looking at university in Texas, from a, from a retail perspective, kind of being that tip of the spear matchmaker of trying to find specific things, what, how, does it, how does that play when you're, you're talking with retailers? Like, what are they really looking for and how do you decide sort of figuring out whether it's new development or it's, it's backfill? Sure. Well, so every retailer, every restaurant, they're going to have a customer profile they look for. They're going to have a site profile they look for. So some of them look for vacant land, like you talked about. Others look for existing space. Others even look for redevelopment opportunities. So while you have, you know, let's say University in Texas, most of what's available on that, on those corridors are going to be redevelopment opportunities, you know, are these sites serving their highest and best use. And, mm -hmm. and I bet we could go along university, I bet we could go along Texas and say, well, you know, this site's probably not serving its highest and best use. Um, so there's some opportunities from that standpoint. I think in South College Station, it's more of a kind of a blank canvas, mm -hmm. if you will. So you've got some opportunities for, for developers to come in and, and really plan out some developments, just like the 28 acres next to, uh, to Costco. Mm -hmm. You know, being around some of the original, some of the, some of the new talks of potential tenants out there, it's exciting. To, to see what that could what, what that could become, but you know, restaurants are looking for you know an acre to two acres to do something. So um, you know, while somebody like a Costco looks for eighteen acres, it's finding the it's finding the right site. It's matching them up with prospects, and you know, the reality is who's going to locate in South College Station might be different than who's going to look at locating in Northgate, right? Mm -hmm. But but understanding identifying tenants for each project or for each each area area of town is something we do. And uh, we look to you know really maximize on on getting the right retailers, the right restaurants to each areas of these towns, yeah. or each area, each area of town. Yeah, that's great. Well, man, so much to look forward to. I, I think you know the the one last thing I wanted to touch on is a little bit from a quality of life standpoint or or a talent base perspective. I think a challenge that that some retailers have felt is this this staffing shortage. And again, I think one of those unique factors that plays into College Station is you've got a, a Pretty massive base of, of uh, uh, employment base with respect to the college students. Uh, is that is that something that you're seeing in your yeah. conversations? So as I travel across the country, it comes up almost every time yeah. staffing shortages with these mm -hmm. retailers. You know, not being able to find uh, someone to work at a at a Burger King, not being able to find somebody to work at a Costco. You know, those sort of things are, are across the country um, have come up not here in College Station. Um, for the most part, College Station, you have college students. You have um, other, other people willing to work retail jobs, uh, which is positive. I mean, you look at the retail industry, they're, they're paying very well. Have you seen what Costco pays their employees? Mm -hmm. So these, these retail jobs are not what we, we think of the old retail jobs. I mean, mm -hmm. these retail jobs are coming with benefits. They're coming with paid time off, they're coming with those sort of things. So in College Station, uh, for the most part, the retailers we've talked about, they're able to find employees, um, able to pay them well, 
and they're able to be open. I'll tell you where I live, uh, smaller town, but uh, the restaurants close at seven o'clock, close at eight o'clock because they can't find people to work in the evenings. Um, so we're lucky, lucky to be here in College Station. Yeah, thanks. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, any, any other additional uh, uh, kind of parting shots or anything else you want to share from a, from a retail perspective? No, I, just, I, I would just say stay tuned. Uh, I think we've got a lot of exciting retail restaurant development things on the horizon here in College Station. Um, excited to see what that's going to bring and excited to be part of the team. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Aaron. Again, really appreciate you joining us today and, and uh, sharing your insight. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, again, continued work with you. And uh, you know, as we continue to roll out this podcast, I look forward to the next opportunity that we have to, to share with you all at the All Up In Your Business podcast.